Welcome to the Clarinet Podcast, the show about all that's new and neat with clarinet, with the neatest people in the industry. You can support the ongoing production of this independently produced program by donating to our Patreon at clarinet.com support. Supporters get early access to extended ad-free podcasts and exclusive access to patron-only episodes and live events. Welcome to today's special episode of the Clarinet Podcast. I hope to be doing these listener question episodes more often, and now that the show's a couple years old and there's people listening from all over the world, I actually do get a surprising amount of mail every month in my inbox from listeners. So if you ever have a question or you'd like to just say hi, introduce yourself, tell me from where you're listening or something you liked or didn't like about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can message me at feedback at clarinet.com. That's how to get in touch with me directly. But let's say you want to also converse with people who also listen to the podcast, there's there's an easy and great way to do this as well. You can check out the Facebook community on Facebook, of course. Just search Clarinet Community in the search bar and you'll come up with the page there. You just click it, click to join, and uh, there's almost a thousand people in there now. So if you have a question about the show or anything else to do with clarinet playing, you're welcome to post it inside of that group. And people are very responsive. It's a really fun little community. And uh, sometimes I post little polls and debate questions in there as well. So I hope you'll join me in the Clarinet Community. You can check that out on Facebook. So the way this episode's going to work is I'm basically just going to turn on the microphone for about half an hour, see how far through this list of questions we get, and uh, anything extra I'll just push to next time, and if we get through it all, great. Before we get started, I just want to make two quick announcements. The first one is, you may have heard that I'm closing up shop. Now, before you panic and think that I'm actually shutting down the podcast, I'm not. I actually recently read a book called, uh, I think it was called The Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo, and it was actually a really life-changing book. It changed a lot of the way I've been looking at things and, and managing my time, actually, which is not something the book really talked about, but basically the idea is that you should only do the things that... Uh, she says spark joy, but I really don't like that. I don't like all this metaphysical <laughs> kind of stuff, but, but you know, the stuff that is meaningful and actually uh, furthers what you're trying to do. So um, with the Clarinet store, it's something that I tried a long time ago as far as carrying an inventory. And I thought that if I were to stock items and try to sell them, um, that that would be one way of helping support the podcast. As you know, the podcast takes a really long time to produce and it'd be nice if I was able to make just a little bit more income from it so that I could try to justify the time I'm spending on here. Um, as I've mentioned in the past. But anyway, the problem with the store is that for every couple hundred dollars I would make, I had to spend a couple hundred dollars and invest some more of my time. So it actually ended up sort of being a... Uh, not really worth it, let's put it that way. So basically what I'm doing is I'm shutting down the element of the store which requires me to actually manage it from day to day. That means things that I'm shipping from my house and walking over to the post office and sending, things that are getting lost in the mail and then I have to replace at my expense things that I have to deal with as far as sending people emails. And it's not that I don't like emailing about the store, but but uh, I really just think that um, Clarinet does not need to become the Amazon of the Clarinet world. Let's put it that way. I would much rather that people are able to enjoy the content I'm producing and that they feel so compelled to perhaps support on Patreon and help the show that way. Because Patreon, for every dollar you put in, it directly helps me support the content. I don't have to walk to the post office and ship off a product um, to make a few dollars. So yeah, I think that this will be a good way forward. I want Clarinet to be the best Clarinet podcast that it can be. I don't want to spread myself too thin and also try and do the, you know, the blogging and the, the store and the shipping and everything else. I think that my time is best spent 
doing exactly what I'm doing right now and producing this show. So if you do agree with that, by the way, I would love it if you would consider supporting the show on Patreon. You can do this by visiting clarineat.com support, and you can get access for as little as $1 a month to all of the uh, extended episodes that are ad-free and also some bonus content. And that's the second thing I want to talk about today before I get started is this coming Sunday, uh, February, or sorry, March 3rd at well, I won't expose the time here. If you want to find out more information, you'll have to check out the Patreon page. But I'm going to be hosting the first live ever um, broadcast and Q&A session with a special guest. Now, the special guest for this first session is going to be Jenny McClay from JennyClarnet.com. She has agreed to come on and speak with me for about 30 minutes about uh, some of her new uh, ventures and just clarinet playing in general. And then I'm going to invite those who tune in to sort of join a Q&A session with Jenny and talk about clarinet for a little bit. So this session should last about 45 minutes and it's exclusively available to those who support the podcast from as little as $1 a month on Patreon. Well, with all that out of the way, I'll see you in a minute after these short messages from our sponsors. Hosting for Clarinet is sponsored by Bakun and their new line of Lumiere clarinets, barrels, and bells. Get 10% off your next accessory purchase by using code Clarinet at bakunmusical.com. Dario Woodwinds has an exciting new weekly trivia show called Don't Blow It. You can check it out every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on their Instagram channel. And if you know the right answers to the questions, you might even have the chance to win some amazing new gear. By the way, if you haven't had a chance to try D'Addario's new reserve clarinet reads, you're in for a real treat. They're using some really amazing new technology and manufacturing techniques that are helping achieve super consistent results. You can pick up a box at your local music store or head to clarinet.com reads to buy a box right now. Join renowned clarinetist David Schifrin at the International Clarinet Celebration in beautiful Portland, Oregon, June 24th to 30th. Hosted by Chamber Music Northwest, this event combines a full week of concerts by world-class artists like Corrado Giuffredi and Jose Frank Biester. There's also clarinet masterclasses, lectures, clarinet mentors amateur workshops, ensemble performance opportunities, a clarinet marketplace, and a young artist competition. Passes are on sale now, and you can learn more at cmnw.org. So here's the first question, and just so you know, I'm not actually going to read anyone's name on the air. I just want people to, I don't know, have their privacy, and uh, unless someone specifically requests that I read their name, maybe I'll leave it out. So the first question is, this came in via email. I was reading somewhere that you did an episode on switching to the Euler system clarinet. If that's correct, please tell me where I can hear it. Um, so thanks for sending that in. It's sort of correct. I did talk to Raysa Falman on episode 11 about switching to the Reform Bohm system clarinet and basically her experience with that and what it was like. There's also a little video of what that instrument looks like on YouTube. Um, yeah, that's about all there is to say about it. It was an interesting conversation and it seemed to really work for Raysa and some other people who have switched to those types of instruments. Um, I've never actually focused on the Euler system. I hope I'm saying that right. I actually feel like there's about 10 pronunciations of that, which probably are all floating around, but um, I am familiar with it, and I do know that Michelle Zukovsky plays on that system, and I am hoping to have her on the show soon, so maybe that's something I can talk about with her when she's here. The second question is, and this was posted on the Facebook community, so I'm going to be lifting some questions out of there just for discussion on the podcast that I think are especially good, um, and this question is, how do you deal with beginner students in clinics that won't focus and misbehave? I'm only trying to teach fundamentals. So this question was expanded on quite a bit, especially through some of the comments in the thread here. But let me just acknowledge that, first of all, this is a challenging thing. Uh, classroom dynamics are even something that me, after teaching almost 1,500 clinics, I have trouble with from time to time. Coming in and being a clinician at a school is very difficult because 
you're not sure of the way that the school works. You're not sure of the type of discipline situations that exist. You're not sure of the individual students that are there. So really the best thing that you can do is come prepared. When, when I started too, sometimes I really felt the minutes ticking by. It's like, oh my God, this clinic is two hours long. What am I going to do with these kids? So you have to plan out exercises or, or activities or ways to deal with uh, technical problems that come up that are going to use up that time. And so, for example, one thing that I really like to do is is I pass out a pencil for everybody and I actually use this as a teaching moment. I, I say, you know, everyone put up your hand. Have you got a pencil? And only about half the kids will put up their hand normally. And I, I use this as an opportunity to kind of say, look, it's really important that you bring a pencil to band class. Not only do you need to write things down throughout the, the clinic, but but we're also about to do a little uh, uh, thing with this. And, and then I kind of have them, I number them off and I have them turn to their partners and they will hold the pencil kind of above the fingers and make sure they're not putting the fingers up too high. And then what tends to happen is they all kind of pull the fingers around the clarinet. And then I try to explain, oh, look, I mean, it's it's important that you lift up, but you can't hit the pencil. So this is just one example of a little sort of game you can do that almost always kills five minutes and maybe even more if it's a large group. Right. And the thing is that this is actually very valuable because a lot of times, even at a beginner workshop, the kids have no idea what to do with their fingers. And this is going to help show them, oh, look at that. I need to not only focus on what I'm doing, but I can observe my friend doing it and then I can try and I can feel what it's like to lift my fingers in that certain way. So, you know, that's one of about 10 or 20 tricks I sort of like to keep in my bag of things. And what I do is I just, as things come up in the music or in the scales or whatever they're working on, you just use these opportunities to kind of divert from what's happening and and, and talk about that technique. It, depending on the school, this may or may not be exactly what they need, and you always have to sort of uh, go to the situation. For example, if you've, if you've come in and they're a grade 12 group, I mean, maybe this is not the most valuable <laughs> exercise, but if, if it's like a grade six group that's just starting out, I mean, yeah, resetting the amateur, reviewing these kind of things is all super important for developing a good technique. When I first started teaching clinics, I didn't have all these techniques in my bag because I was very young. I was only like 18. And uh, what would happen is people would start calling me to sub for clinics because I was in the music program and I'd be, so I'd go teach a group of grade seven kids, but in all honesty, I wasn't that much older than them. So some of it just came through experience, but in order to fast track your experience, what I wish I had done is I wish that I had called some existing clinicians and said, look, I'm looking to get on the sub list. Is there a way I could come and observe a clinic that you're doing? And maybe even take some pedagogical lessons with that person. Now, I would definitely offer to pay them for both. I mean, especially if you're looking to pick up some of their work that they're not uh, not going to be able to do in the future, it might be good to be like, hey, I'll, I'd like to have some actual paid lessons with you. Um, and that way, they'll also get to know you and know that you know what you're talking about. Because one of the big hesitations I have whenever I have to sub out a clinic is, is I might know that there's some person at whatever institution locally who's in their third year of their performance degree who probably can teach a beginner clinic, but I have no idea what they're like. So if they were to show that sort of uh, initiative to want to come out and actually watch me teach a session, try to take some notes, and then have a lesson about what kind of pedagogical things I do, I think that would come across really well. So, And that's, I think, different than a performance lesson. And I'm not sure if you're taking lessons with a, a teacher at an institution, I, I would hope so, based on this question, it implies that you're doing that. But um, yeah, ask your teacher like, hey, I guarantee you they've done clinics before. What do you do in clinics? So I think that like this whole idea that that people should just drop in and teach is really tough. 
Um, but unfortunately, it seems to be kind of what's expected in this day and age. So long story short, I think that I would work on trying to expand my pedagogical sense, making sure that the class itself is something that is offering something to the students. Um, and then really, I think some of the class management problems will kind of evaporate. If they continue, though, you've got to talk to the teacher. Like they're not expecting you to come in and be a guest at their school and be mistreated by their students. And if they are, Quite honestly, you shouldn't work there again. <laughs> and I've had that situation too. You know, you can't get along with everybody. And there's certain schools where I felt disrespected or did not enjoy the work. I just don't go back there anymore. And um, that took a lot of uh, experience to to realize. But but hey, you're not going to have an ideal client from everybody. And that's just not the way the world works. So anyway, I hope that was helpful. Um, if you want to reach out further, you can do that. Like I said, feedback at clarineat.com. So this next question here, this was also on Facebook. I have a student who has been experiencing pain in her throat and air leaking out her nose while playing. Um, does anyone in this community have any experience with these symptoms and have any advice? Yeah, actually, I had this problem when I was younger. When I would play, especially uh, for a long time, and I'd become kind of fatigued, I would notice that I'd get kind of a grunting coming out my uh, nasal cavity at the back. Um, now, I was told that, and I did watch a seminar at Clarinet Fest in like 2006 about this, and I was told that basically what was happening was is the, the there's a muscle or something in the back of the mouth, and it sort of just, as it gets um, tired, the air sort of just bursts through, and you get sort of a grunting sound. It sounds kind of like a pig. It's not really the greatest sound you want to have while you're playing Brahms on stage for your senior recital. So... Anyway, I suffered with it for a few years, and it wasn't until after I graduated that I actually changed my playing setup a little bit. And what I did is I put the resistance more in the mouthpiece and less in the reed. So I went from playing like four, four and a half reeds to like three, three and a half reeds. And for me, what this did was it lowered the amount of pressure that I was having to use and the resistance, I think, that kind of was pushing that nasal cavity open. And like magic, the situation went away. So... I'm going to say here a disclaimer that that's not to be used in place of medical advice. I'm pretty sure that some people have an actual physical problem or something more that will need it to be addressed by a doctor. But for me, yeah, I had exactly those symptoms and uh, that's how I resolved them. So I really think that that's something that, that actually is, is shifting in the way people are playing the clarinet. As I even talking to a lot of guests on here, I've noticed that a lot of people are are playing softer reads these days and, and putting the resistance more in the mouthpiece than and trying to sort of just bust out the hardest read that they can. So next question. I'm a Patreon supporter of the podcast and I seem to have lost my access to the gold edition. How do I set this up on my Apple podcast player? So this is a great question. And, you know, it's actually something that I hope that uh, as people consider supporting the show, they run into this problem themselves and have to ask this question. So basically the way that Patreon works is Patreon puts out a custom... RSS feed that delivers the uh, ad-free extended content to you in the same way that any other podcast will be delivered. So as soon as I hit publish on Patreon, you'll get an update on your phone and you can listen to it from your normal podcast player. Now, there is one extra step here because you can't search up a private feed from the podcast store like you normally can. So basically what you do, and this is speaking from an Apple perspective, I'm not exactly sure where this is on Android. But if you're on an iPhone, you would click library and then up at the top corner, it says edit and then it says add podcast by URL. So basically when you get your custom feed from Patreon, you paste the URL 
in this space and you click subscribe and then it will continue to to refresh all the time. You can also do this on your computer, of course, or your iPad. Um, the process is a little different on the computer, but it's it's basically the same. So, And then you might think, ah, oh, well, wait a minute, I've got my feed here. Why don't I just unsubscribe from Patreon and keep getting the, the content? Well, it doesn't work that way because it's actually a custom feed that is unique to your Patreon profile. And if you do deactivate your Patreon support, unfortunately, it will also close that feed down. So um, it's important that you do maintain your support every month if you do want to keep getting access to that. And uh, like I said, if you have any questions at all with setting this kind of thing up, you can post within the Patreon page or you can send me a message at the uh, within that as well, I believe. So I've also got a little video that when you do join Patreon, it's going to pop up and show you exactly how to do this. So I hope that's helpful to anyone who's considering supporting the show. Now, this next question was really funny when it came in because, uh, as you know, I'm a huge Radiohead fan. And a couple years ago, I did a blog post called Radiohead, which was obviously a play on words. But um, I posted five or six covers of Radiohead songs done by clarinet players that I, I really enjoyed. So this person says, I stumbled upon your website with whimsical, unadulterated glee. I've been trying my damnedest to get a hold of the sheet music for Jimmy Hastings' part in Life in a Glass House for years but all I can find is piano. I've written out the first quarter by ear, but it gets gets so busy I'm having difficulty. Knowing Radiohead's style, it may very well have just been improv, jam session that went well, and there is no sheet music. If you know where it is, though, I would be eternally grateful. Um, so yeah, basically what this person's referring to is Radiohead has a song called Life in a Glass House, which has a, a really great sort of New Orleans jazz uh, band sort of style to it. And the last track life in a glass house has a performance by jimmy hastings on clarinet that is uh, really quite nice actually and um basically this person's asking if there's a transcription i don't know of a transcription and i i guess i could do one but i think there definitely is a lot of benefit for for doing these kind of transcriptions yourself to try and get to really know your instrument so i know that's kind of a cop-out answer but but uh i guess what i would really advise is getting a program called the amazing slowdowner and this will let you slow the tempo down without changing the pitch of the song. And then you can go ahead and try to notate this yourself or maybe learn it by ear at a slower speed if that helps. Um, it's worth noting that I've tried to get Jimmy Hastings actually on this podcast to talk about his work with Radiohead on that recording. Um, I have been unsuccessful. So if anyone out there does know of a way to contact him or to find out if he's interested in this, please let me know. Uh, send me a message at feedback at clarinet.com. And it's also worth mentioning, especially for this person asking, that I also have now a Radiohead podcast called OK Podcast, which you can check out at uh, radioheadpodcast.com. And uh, I actually recently featured another person who played saxophone on that show as well with Radiohead. So anyway, this was a funny question to come in because as you know, I'm a big fan and uh, it was really great to hear that someone else out there is not only a big fan, but we're trying to sort of play some of their music on the clarinet. So next question. I saw the video of your new clarinet. You put it together. Did I miss the one of you playing it for the first time? It was fun to see you opening it, and I hope it plays as good as it looks. So I had a few messages like this. Um, you know, I posted that video of me assembling it and then the very next day, I had a really bad cold for about three weeks. And then I had to have a minor neck surgery and took some time off of playing. And then it's just been crazy. So I know it was over a month ago now, but I will actually hopefully post a video of me actually playing it soon. So you can watch for that on the YouTube channel. And I'm sorry that it's taken so long to actually, uh, actually do. 
So let's do one more of these here. This is actually more of a comment that I was really moved by and I wanted to share with the audience. Um, This person says, I listened to your podcast number 77, which was Christmas Eve, December 24th, 2017, and I found two items significantly noteworthy. First, a big thank you to Katina, who played the Nutcracker after 9-11-2001 in Miami and had those very touching and gentle memories of Christmas Eve. I'm a survivor of 9-11, obviously the terrorist attacks in New York City, and was in the North Tower when the planes hit and the gates of hell were opened. So on behalf of all my fellow survivors, I wish to thank her for her kind and powerful thoughts and deeds. Indeed, we all needed some rejoicing and solace after that event. Can you post this so she can see my comments? We thank her. And you know, this is just, uh, this is really amazing because I, I, it's sometimes hard to believe that those events occurred. And I know that a lot of people now who are, you know, in junior high age are actually born after 9-11. So a lot of people don't even remember what the world was like before and, and how different things are now. So yeah, I mean, this is just, you know, the power of podcasting. So Katina not only played this concert, man, close to 20 years ago now, but but uh, someone here has listened to the show and found that it, it touched them who was actually literally there while this was happening. And that is so, so crazy. So thank you to everyone who sent your thoughts in today. And I really would love to uh, do this again. So if you like this concept, let me know. Send me a message, like I said several times already throughout this episode at feedback at clarinet.com. Just another reminder to tune in to the Patreon broadcast this Sunday with Jenny McClay. JennyClarinet.com is her blog. And I really would love to see everybody there. And last thing, remember that I am shutting down the store, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show. So I'm clearing out all of the inventory. There's huge discounts on everything. Help me clean up my basement and Marie my house. <laughs> so thanks so much for listening to the Clarinet Podcast. I look forward to seeing you next time for more of what's new and neat for clarinet with the neatest people in the industry. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Clarinet Podcast. Show notes for this and all other episodes can be found at clarinet.com. While you're there, don't forget to join our email newsletter for free updates, exclusive offers, and a chance to win giveaways. Guests, requests, listener feedback, and comments can be sent to feedback at clarinet.com. Special thank you to our season sponsor, Dario Woodwinds. Don't forget to check out their new show, Don't Blow It, on Instagram, and also try a box of their new reserved clarinet reads next time you're at the music store. The show is also brought to you by Chamber Music Northwest. With over $20,000 in prizes and world-class guest artists and vendors, their upcoming clarinet celebration and competition is an event that you don't want to miss. Learn more at cmnw.org. Hosting for Clarinet is sponsored by Bakun and their new line of Lumiere clarinets, barrels, and bells. Get 10% off your next accessory purchase by using code Clarinet at bakunmusical.com. This program was produced and hosted by me, Sean Perrin, in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Music performed by Michael Lowenstern. Debate episodes co-hosted by Andrew Morrow. Audio editing by Brian Chappells. And copy editing by Megan Taylor. You can support the ongoing production of this independently produced program by donating to our Patreon at clarinet.com support. Supporters get early access to extended ad-free regular podcasts and exclusive access to patron-only episodes and live events. That's all for now. Be sure to tune in next time for more of what's new and neat with clarinet with the neatest people in the industry on the Clarinet Podcast.